thank you. Thank you for being a part of church today. I think we had an image of what bringing a couple of us together would look like, and it has been a ton of fun just celebrating and worshiping God together. The world needs more together. And if anything, what I hope from our network is that people would look and go, there's two different groups of people who have chosen to go, we're greater together. For me, it's been special just because I normally miss chunks of the service, so I've missed the kids' time dancing for a while, um, showing how bad of a dancer I am, but that's okay. Uh, I've missed worship, because usually my worship is watching it on my speedometer where my phone is, uh, watching the Renfrew service, and it's just been fun to worship again with you. Here's the... um, Here's the thing that we do in both churches. We pray. When I leave daybreak, they hold a time where they pray together. And here, when I come, that's kind of my entrance point here. And before COVID here, we would roam with a mic and just, they do that at daybreak. And this isn't a forced time, but if you have something you'd like to share with us that we could pray for, we would love to give you that opportunity. Here's the thing. Remember, we we ask for a prayer in community because sometimes we're the answer to a prayer. Sometimes God gives us the ability to answer the prayer instantly. That's why he has us in community. All right, let me pray. This is awesome. God, thanks that we can come to you. We had moments where we were praising you and moments where the grief of this world, the brokenness of this world entered in. We wish that you had a magic wand that would just fix everything, but we know that part of our journey is to learn to trust in you, the author and perfecter of our faith. And in that perfecter part comes struggle and pain where at moments we don't have our eyes fixed on you. We lose sight of who you are. And at moments you feel really close to us. And so I am so thankful that we have a God who knew before we pronounced the words on our lips that you would heal, that you would supersede, that you would restore relationships, that you would draw people back to yourself, that you would be the comforter, that you'd be the provider, that you would do what you need to do. Nothing is too great for you. And so we wrap all these prayer requests in, not because we want to move into the service, but simply because we know that you have heard them and that our job now is to see what your will is in them. Help us be people of hope. Help us see the things that you see. And help us draw people into a relationship with you. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody look at your watch and go, wow, we are really late. Okay. Uh, All right, here we go. So here's the statement that we've been making in both churches. And it's not our vision statement. It's just a statement that's been wrestling through my mind is we exist to bring individuals into community with Jesus and one another. Let me tell you a little story. There was a story told of a man who visited a very formal church one Sunday. They didn't come to Renfrew or Daybreak. 
He said that right in the middle of the service, a guy had a heart attack and died. But that the ushers carried out five guys before they found the right one. All right, some of you will get that at lunch. That's a good dad joke there. I, uh, I laughed with, with Maris and McCulley because uh, I say to people, I'm barely a good parent with one kid, let alone two, and you don't need to ask them. But to pastor two churches, that's even, that's even worse. If these walls could speak, whether we're at daybreak or we're at Renfrew, if these walls could speak, what would they say? Like if for a minute you pulled out some images or pictures of different groups of people from the past or even the present, what would you see? See, my thoughts quickly ran to the people that make up each one of our congregations. I wonder how many of us actually knew what we were getting into. I wonder how many of us would have actually known what the future would look like now. You know, think back to those men who, and women who bought the land, who built the building, who started Faith Community Church, Daybreak Community Church of Airdrie, or Temple, Renfrew Baptist Church. I, I think if we are really honest, many of us would be amazed at how these two churches actually decided that we would work together. See, we still believe that we have work to do. Leadership has changed. How we do things has changed. But the focus, the heartbeat of what we do hasn't changed. We're still passionate about what our role is in this world. When we boil down all those fancy words that you see on your screen, it really comes down to these two simple questions. Do I, Matt, Or do we, Renfrew or Daybreak, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? And then do we or do I actually love our neighbor? I want you to think back to that picture that you had in your mind just for a moment. Do you think those people struggled with change? Do you think that it was uncomfortable for them? A story is told of a lady who was hitting all the local garage sales when she came across this old needlepoint picture that read, Prayer Changes Lives. She bought it, she took it home, and began to look for just the right spot to hang that new picture. Finally, she decided that it went well with the di- in the dining room over the dining room table. The dining room table was pushed against the wall with great p- pride. She admired her garage sale discovery and could hardly wait to show it to her husband. That evening when her husband came home from work, she showed the picture to him, but he made, he made no indication one way or, or another of whether he liked it or not. The next day as the lady was cleaning the house, she discovered the new picture was gone. As she continued to clean the house, she discovered the picture was hiding behind the bookcase. She thought, that's strange, and rehung the picture in its original location. The next day, to her dismay, she discovers the picture's gone again. And again, it's put behind the bookcase. When her husband arrives home, she confronts her husband and asks him, Are you displeased with the art of the needlepoint? To which the husband responds correctly, guys. No, not at all. It's a great work of art. 
She continues and says, is it the place? Do you not like where it's hung? He says, no, not at all. It's in a great location. She concludes that it must be the message. And asks him if it's the message that he doesn't like. He says, no, not at all. The message is great. Finally, she says, well, what's the problem? He says, I just don't like change. Some of you will get that at Thanksgiving dinner next week. At the end of the day, our message does not change. But our means will always change. For the past couple weeks, we've spent some time looking and trying to understand what we're all about. The starting place for us is what we've talked about. Now the hard work actually becomes, what are we going to do in Airdrie? What are we going to do here in Renfrew? So today we're actually going to wrap wrap this up. We'll try to put a bow on it before we go downstairs, but there's two things that I hope we can accomplish today. I want you to gain an appreciation for our leadership on how two councils thought that they could do more than what they could do by themselves. And the second thing I want us to do is actually get to a place where we go, okay, what's my role in that? See, each of us, it doesn't matter if we're the eight kids that are standing up here leading us in, in worship. It doesn't matter if we go, oh, that was many years ago I served. I, I'm, I'm going to say something that's pretty bold here. Pastors come and go. Sometimes a church can become so dependent on a pastor's vision. I believe Renfrew Baptist Church and Daybreak Community Church needs to understand what God's calling them to before we ever resource ourselves with the people to accomplish it. See, God wants all of us to own it. So go back to that statement. I love that Dennis has it up, bringing individuals into community with Jesus and one another. That first week we talked about community. Do you remember what we talked about in regards to community? We pulled this quote out from Larry Crabb. He said, community matters. It's like saying oxygen actually matters. Community is essential in a healthy church. As our lungs require air, so our souls require only what community can provide. And we said this about community. It's not just enough to go, well, Renfrew invited us to a turkey dinner. I sure hope the turkey's cooked the way that I want it. Or I sure hope those mashed potatoes are the way that I cook my mashed potatoes. We said these things about community. We said the very first thing is, my role in community, and this is what brings us all together, is we desire together to be in God's presence. That that's the very first piece of community. That I look at you and I go, Glenn is desiring to be in God's presence, and I desire to be in God's presence, and together... We experienced something that we couldn't at home. COVID took that away from us. The second thing we said is my role in community means that I'm dedicated to each other. Even Daybreak is committed to Renfrew and Renfrew is committed to to Daybreak. Remember those pictures that you maybe had in your mind a few minutes ago? Did it involve some young people? Those pictures that you maybe have run through in your mind, from a historical standpoint, if our churches didn't believe that there was a vision to raise up young people, 
or for young people to find Jesus, guess who wouldn't be leading us in worship? Brett. See, the the third thing, my role in community means that I'm dedicated to God's mission. We know it. It's the Great Commission. It's loving God, loving people. Are we actually involved in it? You see, we move from community. Sorry, we move to community when I actually decide to leave my individual self at the door. We talked about that in that week, that it's so important for us to have us as individuals actually decide to put our hands in the middle and live in community. Sometimes that happens in small groups. Small groups can be formal. Small groups can just be the group of people that I hang out with, that I do life with. And then we have a congregation. See, each one needs to be balanced. I can't just go, well, I just want to be with my three people. I don't really care about the church. No, I care about the church and I care about my three people. And last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, we talked about individual. We said we we needed to learn to live like Christ, which was all about going like this. It's not my will, but your will be done. John 15, that we need to remain in Christ, as Pastor Rolando uh, read to us. If we remain in Christ, we'll actually bear much fruit. We only can bear fruit. We move from surrender to being in Christ to reflecting who Christ is. We also said this in that week, that we need to love like Christ. Christ had this kingdom outlook. He'd look at people and he'd see the best in people. As an individual, we can't just sit here to, and go, well, I love Jesus, but it doesn't come out in our life. And then the third area we talked about was how do we lead like Jesus? And then last week we talked about this. Who is Jesus? It's nice to talk about Jesus. It's like that code word, like say Jesus at the front door and you can get in. But what does it actually mean to understand who Jesus is? John 1.14 says this. The word Jesus becomes flesh and dwells among us. So where do we go with this? Here's where the rubber hits the road. There's four things that I want to call us to. The very first one is, together, whether we're daybreak or we're Renfrew, we need to renew our focus on worship. At our churches, we need to dream of a church having the facilities to house multitudes who gather each week to praise, honor, and celebrate Jesus. We need to create an environment where people can worship in freedom We need to speak to those who have a relationship with Christ and those who don't have a relationship with Christ. When I say worship, our churches need to be a place where the Bible is preached each week and lives are changed because people have experienced who Jesus is in Scripture. We need to be like Acts chapter 2, a church that loves to be together. People on the outside will sense that if we achieve that. Now, in that first area of worship, I actually want to invite you to something November 11th. It's not a Sunday. It's a Friday night, and Brett's passionate about this. And on that Friday night, November 11th, we're actually just going to worship as, as a group of people. Many of us are involved in worship. We're involved in the sound. We're involved in that. Brett's bringing in people who are going to do that so that we can just worship. For you that don't want to drive late at night, it'll be live streamed. So you can experience it at home or you can experience it on another night. Here's the second thing. 
So that's worship. Here's the second focus that we need to do is we need to focus on prayer. Our churches need to be churches where we collectively believe God wants our church to be a church where our passion for God and his purposes inspire us to believe in the impossible. Remember those people who started our churches years ago? They expected God for the impossible. We need to get to a place where our heart is at the heart of God's heart. God's heart always beats with prayer. It's that daily intimacy with God where we share our heart with him and he shares his heart with us. That's what it means in scripture to abide with Christ. Our churches, daybreak and Renfrew need to become a house of prayer. A place uh, where prayer provides the foundation for every ministry we're involved in. As it's been said, prayer does not prepare us for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Our ministry needs to flow from our knees. May this be a year of renewal as we focus in on prayer. See, we need to actually get to a place where Second Thessalonians, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. How often are we drawn to prayer? What are we actually praying for? Are we actually praying for the impossible as churches? Worship, prayer. The third one, we need to renew our focus on service. Paul says this to Timothy in Second Timothy. That timid fear, a nervousness, does not come from God. What comes from God is always an attitude of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Power is the capacity to face our fears and use our gifts, even when we're shaking. Love is the capacity to express God's love through our gift when we do use it. Self-discipline is the courage to go forward, even when we're timid and fearful. Friends, we need to use our gifts. We're counting on you. Do you need to have your vision, your personal vision for service renewed? Do you need to step out of the boat? Do you need to use your gifts so that you can actually help others? Can you dream with me of two churches where our members truly see themselves as God's ministers? and are sacrificially investing their gifts, talents, and resources to make God's vision become a reality. And here's the final one. Friends, we need to renew our vision for outreach. We need to reach out through relationships. The longer that you and I have been a Christ follower, the less non-Christians we likely have in our life. We need you. As we welcome more staff, In the network, we have to figure out and figure out more network things. As we figure out how to do more things together in the upcoming months, let's actually be a church that celebrates new people finding Jesus. See, it's all about that statement. We need to bring individuals into community with Jesus and one another. We all know this, Acts chapter 2, the disciples are sitting around, they're trying to figure out what to do. Jesus has left. He said in Acts chapter 1, all authority has been given to you, now go. And in Acts chapter 2, we see Peter actually living into who he was created to be. And here's the words that were penned of that early church in Acts chapter 2, which are penned for us today. 
That day, about 3,000 took Peter at his word. They were baptized. They were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the the apostles. They enjoyed life together. They ate common meals together. And they prayed. Everyone around them was in awe. All the wonders and signs that were done through those disciples. And all the believers lived in great harmony with one another. They held everything in common with each other. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that everybody's needs were met. They followed this daily discipline of worship in the temple. They followed it by eating meals at home. Every meal was a celebration. It was exuberant and joyful because they praised God for what he was doing. People outside the church, liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those being saved. Let me pray and we're going to transition into communion. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the ability that we've had to celebrate, to learn about you, to rub shoulders with one another, to proclaim that you're a God who is alive and not dead. If I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you in your name. Amen.